pray, if you will, for Brother Everett Scheffler, who's in Crystal Oaks, uh, recovering and going through rehab, and also uh, Carla. Uh, Miss Carla called us again uh, this week, called me again this week, and just wanted to let everybody know uh, to tell everybody thank you for the cards that were sent through Miss Bev, and um, certainly to continue to pray for her. She undergoes uh, her treatments for her cancer, and so please keep uh, both these folks in prayer, if you will. And God is good, and God can certainly do what He sees fit in the lives of those that uh, need the, the touch from Him. And what we've got to do is get to the place where uh, we have no will of our own in it. We just want God's will to, to take the place and uh, for Him to be glorified through it. And boy, I'll tell you, it's, uh, we're going to deal with something this morning, I believe in the text, that uh, is something that we fight uh, on a regular basis in our churches today, and it's something that we've got to guard against, we've got to be very careful about, and yet it's something that I believe goes on so often that we do not even realize what's taking place. In Matthew chapter number 5, we continue as we study the Sermon on the Mount, we'll begin reading in verse number 34 this morning. The Bible says, Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor, and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you, and do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if we love them which love you, or if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same. And if you salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Father, we come to you this morning. We've asked once again that you would bless this time. Lord, we don't ever want to get up here just for the sake of having a message. Just to fill time. Lord, our folks did not come this morning to hear a preacher get up and give his thoughts on what he thinks your word means. But Lord, they've come so that your Holy Spirit can work in their hearts and in their lives. That he can illuminate the scriptures and cause them to become alive in their hearts. Father, we ask this morning that you would do that, which I cannot do. Lord, it's a very serious topic this morning. And I pray that you'd give guidance and wisdom. And Lord, that we would be able to very clearly get across what you would want us to and that we as your people will learn something today that will help us as we move forward in our Christian lives. Father, if there's someone here this morning that does not know you as their Savior, I pray that you'd help them to see that need. Lord, that they would not leave this place lost. Father, forgive us for thinking too lightly about those that are lost. Lord, may we be burdened. I pray that you'll work in a way that we cannot today. Draw our hearts closer to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I... Uh, before we get to the message this morning, I want to share a couple things with you very quickly. 
did something in my heart last night. And, uh, folks, I know we're burdened for the lost. But somewhere along the line, we've become not that burdened. And, uh, folks, I'm convicted this morning. I am convicted that we do not take the lost condition of our world seriously enough. We're not talking about something that's going to be bad happening to our friends and loved ones and those we come in contact with. We're talking about eternity. Somewhere along the way, we've lost the seriousness of that. Pray that God will forgive us. We take it too lightly. We bury our emotions and our feelings. We say, you know what, we'll just go through our days if nothing's the matter. Not realizing that most of the people, not realizing most of the people we come in contact with are past in a day's time are probably lost and on their way to hell. And the question, I guess, that just hounds me and haunts me this morning is what are we doing about it? What are we doing about it? Is the, is the world going to be able to save people? Is the philosophy of the civilization, the, the politics that go on in all of society, are they going to lead people to Christ? There's only one way they can hear. And that is if God's people become broken hearted again. Burdened for it. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but how many of us know someone who's lost? I just spent a couple days with one that I've been so burdened for and praying for. And God used something last night to just break my heart again. And... uh, Folks, I hope, I hope that we don't make the purpose of working and laboring for the Lord and sharing the gospel that which we do out of obligation. I hope we do it out of a heart that is broken for the lost. Do we really see him? I I think it was Spurgeon, I believe, or it might have been uh, Jonathan Edwards or George Whitfield, one of those fellows I remember reading years ago that made a statement that said if God would allow us to peer into hell for just a few moments, it would change our lives. And we sit here very comfortable in our liberties, and I thank God for them. I'm glad that I can carry a Bible to church and not have to worry about being persecuted or tormented for it. I'm thankful that I can fellowship around God's people. We can publicly announce services and say we're going to meet at such and such a time to sit around and hear about God's Word and to to talk about it. But when the truth comes full circle, how, how burdened are we for the lost? How burdened are we? It was one of my family members.
as one of my friends, as one of my co-workers? Does it concern us? Does it concern us? I just want to share that with us this morning as we look at the Scripture. The main thrust of the message is not on that topic, but we will be dealing with it here in just a few moments. And I just want us to kind of have our hearts prepared for this, for God to stir us with a heart of compassion for the lost. It's been a long time, I believe, since God's people wept, I mean wept, for those that were lost. I believe it's needed. We've lost our tears. We've lost our concern. We're now more interested in influence and affluence than we are about people. We're more more concerned about our appearances and how we conduct ourselves and how we look as a church than we are about people. I'm thankful for a work day yesterday, but the truth of the matter is we, we did some things to make the building look nicer, but the, the ministry is not about buildings. It's about people. It's about people. And many of them that are just sitting in the pews of our churches... I wonder often, we had some folks just this week, just this morning, that visited from just right up the road. I said, where are you from? Local. They said, we live right here on Frontier Road. I'm reminded of a song I heard when I was younger that said, in the shadow of the steeple, someone's dying. I wonder as we go through our day, are we concerned for the lost? Or do we have compassion on them? Let's look at our text this morning. get to it today. Folks, we have people dying. 
people that we know. And we have the truth. We have the answer. What are we doing with it? What are we doing with it? Next week is Easter Sunday. We're going to have one of the greatest days of the year. We ought to think of it every week, but we're going to have one of the greatest days of the year to think and reflect on the greatest news man has ever heard. And we know it. We know it. We know it just because we've read it in Scripture. We know it experientially because we've trusted in it and believed in it and asked God to be our Savior. We've got young people that sit in this room who have friends that go to church, they go to school with, that they play athletics with, that they go around socially with, that are lost. What are we doing about it? We have people that go to work every day and stand around with people that they work with, that they're friends with, and they're lost. Folks, do we do we understand this? They're lost. They're lost. said, Brother Greg, I don't like to think about that. The truth is, we got to face it. I don't want to ever get to heaven and realize that I've stood next to a person day after day after day. Not one time did I ever share the gospel with them. I don't want to go through heaven like that. Let's turn over to Luke chapter 10. I'm just going to share a thought and we're going to, we're going to end today. I, I, I want us to think about this and pray about this. Folks, I, we're at a point in our, in, our, in our history of our church that, that we know these things. We know these things. But has our heart been stirred recently? Has it been stirred at all, even in the last 10 or 15 years? Have we been stirred by the Holy Spirit of God? That our eyes would be opened. Folks, this is a serious matter. This is not something to be taken lightly. There may be folks sitting in the pews of our churches right now that will go home this afternoon and be or near a family member that's lost. There may be some folks today that will meet people for lunch that are lost. There may be some folks sitting here that will get up tomorrow morning and go to work and stand next to somebody that they know beyond any shadow of a doubt is lost.
what are we doing about it? Look with me, if you will, in Luke chapter number 10. Begin reading in verse number 25. We're not going to get to the message in Matthew 5 today. I apologize. Behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and the neighbor as thyself. He said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. But he willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. By chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showeth mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. We find two men that come upon this stranger. The Bible says in verse number 31, The first one was a certain priest. He came by and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. I don't know what was going through the priest's mind. I really don't. Perhaps he was needing to be somewhere for a meeting, heading to the temple for some purpose. Perhaps he had some religious obligations that he felt were highly important and more important. People that were depending and counting on him perhaps that he felt like he could not stop and take the time. Perhaps he just didn't want to be bothered. Perhaps he was comfortable in his own life and thought, I'm not going to go out of my comfort zone for this man. Besides, if I go to this man, I might, I might offend him. I might cause there to be some things. This man may not even want my help. Who am I to force my help on him? You know, I fear so often in our acquaintances that we do things so that they will like us and that we can like them. And yet we do not love them. Because if we loved them, we would give them what was needful. We put on a surface front many times. Even in our Christian lives, we put on this face where we block out the... We we try to pretend to be something that we're not. The people we're in contact with. And we need to just say, you know what, I'm a Christian. 
I believe that God came to this earth and died on the cross for my sin and for your sin. And let me tell you about Him. And not be ashamed to say something like that. Instead, we're worried about what they may think. Maybe they won't ask us to go out to eat with them. Maybe they may not have us go do certain things with them, be their friends in certain ways. And we're worried about that more than we are their soul. We're talking about a priest in this story. Of all people, a priest who came by and passed by on the other side. Then we have a Levite. Those responsible with the daily ministration of the temple. He comes along verse 32, at least it says on this guy that he stopped and he looked, well it doesn't say he stopped, but it says he looked on him. We don't see any indication that the priest even looked on him. But I believe that the Levite looked and was concerned. I do think he had concern. But he didn't do anything about it. He passed by on the other side. And then we have the Samaritan. The Bible says that he took him and bound up his wounds. He poured in oil and wine and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn. Jesus asked the lawyer, who was the neighbor to this man? And the lawyer said, as we get down to verse number 37, and he said, he that showed mercy on him. Can I leave you with one thought today? We're going to get out here early today. I'm sorry, but can I leave you with one thought today? We have a choice. We have a choice today of every lost person we come in contact with to pass by on the other side or to show mercy. To pass by on the other side or to show mercy. Oh, that God would break our hearts again. I wish I could share in detail what God did in my heart last night. But I'll say this I believe God can stir every single one of us. I believe He can. I believe God can send revival back to His church where God's people become broken hearted over the lost. Our churches have become more social clubs than anything. We come together, we get to meet with folks that we love. They're part of our church family. Just a weekly family meeting, it seems like. We learn and we come to God's Word and I thank God for that. There ought to be something even beyond that when it comes to our relationship with this world. Folks, we've got to be burdened. We've got to be broken hearted. We've got to have compassion. And every one of us this week, multiple times, will make a choice. We're either going to pass by on the other side or we're going to show mercy. Some of our young people are going to go to school tomorrow. They're going to make a choice.
I'm either going to pass by on the other side. I'm not going to bother myself with the affairs of my friends. Or they're going to show mercy. Some of us are going to go to work tomorrow. We're going to make a choice. We're going to pass by on the other side or we're going to show mercy. Oh, that God would stir us again. You know what God could do with a church full of people who had that kind of a burden for the lost? I wonder what He could do. I wonder what He could do. Let's stand together, shall we? Father, we come to You. And Lord, I've, I apologize today. We've not even got to the message. Lord, I don't even know how to end a service like this. Because, Lord, I don't think there is an end. I think we've got to stay stirred. There's got to be a brokenness, Lord, and I pray that you'd come and break our hearts again. That we would not just be concerned for the lost, but that there would be a compassion in us. Father, that we would not callously pass by on the other side but that this matter would be a serious and a vital matter to us. Lord, the truth of the matter is every person that's passed into eternity, whether they've gone to heaven or to hell, if they could stand here today, they would say, folks, this is the major point in our life that we must contend with. It's of a serious nature, Lord. It's not something to be dealt with flippantly or carelessly. It's not something we push to the back burner of our churches while we teach things that maybe are great to have the knowledge of, but Father, they're, they're, not, they're not something that will stir our hearts to those that are lost. Father, help us this morning. Help there to be those in the room this morning that will have a renewed burden for you to do your work. But to have a renewed burden for those that are lost. Lord, the truth of the matter is we hold in our hands truth, and with truth we can have great boldness. Lord, we don't have to worry and tiptoe around trying to be careful with what we say when we have the truth. I pray that you'd help us to handle it with boldness, with effectiveness, and Lord, with the power of your Holy Spirit. That we'd go out of these doors this week, and Father, as we come in contact with those that are lost, I pray you'd help us to be broken. Father, there may be people sitting in this room today that have not one time, not even one time in their whole Christian life ever shared the gospel with anyone. Not once. Lord, may this week be the week they do that. There may be folks that used to share the gospel all the time, but Father, over the course of time and service and the cares and woes of this world, I know many times it beats us down and we lose the drive and the desire and the zeal. We lose the stirring of your Holy Spirit in our hearts. Father, may we not grow cold. May we not grow callous and apathetic to those that are lost. But Father, may we be broken for them. 
I pray, Lord, as we have this invitation that you would do a work that we cannot do. Father, stir the hearts of men. Bless the time that we have as we have the invitation. Do your work your way, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If heads bowed, please, and eyes closed, I want to just give a hymn of invitation. I know in a message like this, some people are going to leave and think, man, what in the world?